Welcome to the Surviving Second Gen Podcast, where we candidly discuss the mental health impacts of being a second generation immigrant in America. I'm your host, Jennifer Ippolit, a Haitian American child of two immigrant parents, as well as a licensed mental health counselor. My hope is that this podcast leaves you feeling heard, understood, and empowered to apply tangible takeaways that can help you navigate all the things that come with being second gen. All right, welcome to the Surviving Second Gen podcast. Welcome to another episode. We have a very, very special guest today, and I'm really, really excited for her to be here. Um, Let me give you a quick intro about who we're talking about here. (laughs) So this is Miss Jen Jackson, who's here. Uh, Jen is a social media influencer and content creator in the beauty and self-care space. She is passionate about creating content that cultivates confidence in women and motivates them to take care of themselves physically, mentally, and emotionally. Uh, It may start with beauty tips, but her overall goal is to empower women to embrace their authenticity, achieve the unexpected, and influence those around them positively. Welcome, Jen Jackson. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, For those that don't know, I have been watching Jen for some time now. I don't know how many years, but um, (laughs) started off with the mental health um, videos. I mean, not mental health, um, hair videos. It is mental health now, but yeah, started (laughs) off with hair videos, um, just natural hair stuff which you know at the time it was a big thing to like be talking about natural hair how to style it and for me I was still trying to figure out my natural hair journey so to see somebody else who looks like me doing it I was like yeah I'm tuned in (laughs) and then I heard her talking and I was like I think she's Haitian um Coming to find out, she is. She is Haitian. And um, we have the same name. So I was like, (laughs) you know, this is this is something special here. Like, I I like this girl. All the stars aligned. (laughs) Yeah, for me, all the stars aligned. So that's how I got to personally like know your content and who you are. But it sounds like um, more lately that you've been veering into just overall lifestyle content. So beyond just hair, you know, you're talking about your day to day, you're talking about, um, you know, content creation things, and you're also talking about mental health. Um, So tell me how, what made you pivot and actually start talking about mental health in your content? I think it's a... For me, it's a natural evolution to my content. Um, I've always been very passionate about mental health for a really long time. I mean, I didn't know about it until I want to say I I was in my 20s. That's when mm-hmm. it really started to hit me like, okay, mental health is actually important. And yeah. at the time, my father actually passed away um, in mm. the earthquake um, in Haiti in 2010. So, oh wow! So that's what kickstarted this whole thing for me. That's what started my entire content creation career. At the time, mm-hmm. I didn't think it was a career. It was just um, an outlet for me. I, I couldn't. I didn't know how to deal with the pain. I didn't know how to deal with the grief. Mm-hmm. Um, no one teaches teaches you any of that. <laughs> right, and, right. And I didn't have any other tools available to really sit with yourself and kind of figure out, okay, I am hurting. This is what I can do about it. So because I didn't know what to do, I just felt like I was exploding inside. Um, Mm -hmm. I always say that content creation found me. So, so then that's how it all started back then. So mental health was always kind of front and center because when it started, I was in university and the university um, wanted all of us Haitian students to have a therapist. So they assigned us with someone 
And that's oh, when the, okay. the seeds was planted. But of course, at the time, mm-hmm. I was very closed off. Me talking to yeah. a therapist, what? Like, I'm right. not crazy. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's I'm the, just, that's the goal yeah. to, right? I'm mm-hmm. not crazy. I'm just in my, my father passed away. I'm not yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah. Why would I need a therapist? Why would I need a therapist? <laughs> so that's basically how, when the seed was planted into just like me being exposed to therapy, being exposed to mental health. Of course, at the time I was very closed off to it. But mm-hmm. fast forward to now, I, you know, I've seen multiple therapists and, and I, that's why I say it's a natural progression to my content because the seed was planted and it's been developing for years. And now I can't stop talking about it. I'm just like, I see the result in my life. I see the result in other people that take it seriously. And I really just want to spread the awareness, especially in our community, the Haitian community, the black community that, hey, you don't need to be crazy. Matter mm-hmm. of fact, you need therapy so that you're not crazy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that because um, I can't imagine what that loss was like, um, you know, at that time. And then um, I find it really uh progressive to have had during that time um, uh, individuals in your university who said, hey, you know, we need to get therapists to the Haitian students. Um, That's really awesome that you were able to get that help in the moment. Um, Yeah, I I definitely give the University of Ottawa a huge shout out for, you know, even having resources available for us at the time, because then when it happened, it was such a huge shock, obviously, Mm -hmm. to, to the world. And I think people that were affected, we definitely felt it on a different level. And part of me almost hated that it was so public, like everybody knew about it. So everyone Mm -hmm. felt like giving advice and this is what you should do. And I hated that part of it as well. But they provided a lot of services for the students. And and yeah, I, I definitely appreciated that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what I'm hearing you say is that you, that mental health, um component that was part of your life years back and um that helped you process the grief of losing your father but also is that what got you into content creation um well first of all i should clarify having been assigned to a therapist back then did not help me process the grief i didn't even process it oh clarify yeah yeah okay I was very closed off. It was my first experience mm. to therapy. So I was sitting across this woman and the enti- entire time I'm thinking, what is this white woman going to do for me? You're asking me about all these, you know, aspects mm-hmm. of my life. So I'm just sitting there giving her generic answers, very closed off to the whole thing. So no, I didn't process any of the grief. And I can argue I didn't process it till like two years ago, like a whole decade oh, later wow. is when, when I, I know when I actually was very intentional with therapy and I got a therapist myself. Mm-hmm. And and of course you start digging into your past, you start digging into childhood, what happens then, different right. aspects of your life, different eras of your life. And of course I knew talking about my father was a huge pain for me. And like, it's funny how the entire family handled it, which is they didn't talk about it. It was just mm-hmm. how it was. Yeah, yeah. You know, years will go by and maybe around the year, the anniversary of his death, maybe I'll say something to my brothers, but it was just like, we don't talk about it. So mm. I want to say 10 years later is how, is when I actually started dealing with the grief. But content creation found me then because I didn't, I didn't know how to express myself. I didn't know how to express the pain. I didn't mm. know how to express anything when it came to me, to be honest. Like, I was, you know, you grow up, you don't say anything to adults. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. kind of keep your head down. And right. I, I don't think we realize how that uh, impacts us in our adult years because we grew up and we just don't know how to express ourselves at all. Right. So that's how it was for me. And because I felt like I was suffocating in my own skin, mm-hmm. that's, and I was just stressed out. Like my hair was falling out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everything was yeah. wrong at that time. And then that's how I, okay, my hair is falling out. I'm like 20. Like I shouldn't be having, you know, my hair shouldn't be falling out. Right, so that right. That was my thing. And I was like, okay, well, how, what can I do about this? So that's when I started Googling, you know, hair falling out in clumps. What can I do about it? And that's how I discovered, like, the hair forms back then. That's how I discovered YouTube. And, like, mm-hmm. a few women were talking about their hair on YouTube, but there wasn't a lot of black women. There wasn't a lot of people with hair like mine, like, kinky, horsey mm-hmm. hair. So and I was like, you know, maybe I can, maybe I can do this because I I'm looking for something that I couldn't find. 
Right. And I found yep. some similar women, but I was like, you know, maybe there's other people that are looking for the same thing. Mm-hmm. So that's when I picked up my webcam back then and started <laughs> yeah. creating these videos. And it was mainly for the purpose of taking me away from real life. I didn't mm-hmm. want to deal with what was happening. I didn't want to deal with the pain. I didn't want to deal with my sadness. So I was just yeah. like, let me do something new, something different, something challenging. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. how content creation started. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you had something major happen in your life, but, you know, based on how you grew up, how a lot of us grow up as immigrant children, we don't really have the space to express those emotions. So you took to content creation to, you know, find an outlet. And it's interesting that you said it took you years to really step into the space of grieving your father. Um, So for you, I know you've talked about therapy and how helpful it's been for you. How was it different this time around in the past, like two years or so than it was the first time? So the first time I was closed off again, Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know what therapy could do. Mm -hmm. I didn't know why I was there, like really understand, okay, yeah, something dramatic happened to, to, to me. Um, And they're like, okay, you need to talk to someone, but that's very much against how I was raised. You don't talk to people about your business. (laughs) So so I was very closed off. I wasn't open. I wasn't sharing. I wasn't honest. I could say with her, how are you doing? I'm fine. Mm -hmm. I'm not fine. My week is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I've been crying all week, but in front of this Mm -hmm. woman, I'm just like, I can't show her my weaknesses. So I was like, I'm fine. So I wasn't honest. I wasn't open at all. And, And that was my very first experience with therapy. And I had two other therapists after that. And each time it was because something happened, something okay. drastic happened. Maybe it was something with, in, within family that I didn't know how to deal with. But I was like, you know, maybe I can, maybe I should see somebody, you know, the, the seed was planted, like I said. So I was like, maybe I should mm-hmm. talk to someone. So I saw two other therapists following that, that first lady. And it was still like I gained something from it because I was a little bit more open, a little bit more receptive, a little bit more understanding that, okay, this is actually for me and it's supposed to help me deal with whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I walked away with like little pieces of, okay, I've, I've learned boundaries from this therapist, for example. But I always felt yeah. something was missing because um, on a cultural perspective. Obviously, mm. we're Haitian, mm-hmm. and every each therapist that I had, I would have to explain how the Haitian culture is, you know? Yeah. So, for example, if I was dealing with some family trauma, and I was trying to explain to them, well, this is how we act with family. Like, oh, yeah. she's like, well, that's mm-hmm. toxic. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but it's normalized. <laughs> that's like, what we know. Yeah. That's what that's, we do. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, but why were you there so late at their house? And it's like... <laughs> why wouldn't I be like, what do you mean? It's normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, it, it felt like I, I would spend time explaining the culture and then get yeah. to my problem. So I feel like, okay, something's missing. But this time around, I sat down, I was like, okay, you know, Jen, you're getting old. You are, <laughs> I always say that. I'm in my thirties. I'm not that old. Yeah. Um, we're not that old. We're older, <laughs> but we're not then. old. Yeah. Wise. <laughs> exactly. You're getting wiser. Mm-hmm. And what do you want out of therapy? So I wrote down my goals and I was like, okay, this is what I want to work on. And at the time too, I felt like, okay. And I think for me, it, when I'm overwhelmed, and obviously I'm learning this now, mm-hmm. ironically as an adult, I feel like I'm suffocating. Like I just don't yeah. know what to do about it. I don't know how to express myself. And it's kind of stays in and bottles in. And then eventually it's like, boop, boop. You know, mm-hmm. I'm off the handle. So yeah. now that I'm aware about, about, you know, my pattern, I'm like, okay, I want to deal with this. I basically wrote down, I didn't know the words for a lot of these things, but I wrote down what I wanted to work on and I wrote down who yeah. I wanted to work with. And I think that's very important when you okay. think about your therapist. The relationship mm-hmm. you're going to have with your therapist is a very intimate one. It's a close one. Mm-hmm. And you have to be comfortable with that person. So I was like, I wanted someone that's at the very least from the Caribbean. Okay. Yeah. Didn't have to be a Haitian therapist, but I wanted mm-hmm. someone that understood cultural differences, especially within the Black community. So mm-hmm. that that was my long list. Yeah. <laughs> and and then so I started looking. I guess you could say backwards. Okay, let me see if I can find someone that is from the Caribbean. And then what do they specialize in? And mm-hmm. can I match my goals with what they specialize in? So once you know I matched with someone, I found someone, mm-hmm. and it was also it was during the pandemic too, and I sprinkled an extra bonus bonus point if I can just meet with them virtually 
and I didn't have yeah, to yeah, house. Yeah. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. all the boxes checked and I started working with her. And at that point, because I was intentional with him, because I had my goals front and center and I was reevaluating my goals every couple of sessions. Like, hey, did we talk about this? Can we dig here? Can we do this? Then now mm -hmm. this partnership is so successful because, again, I was very focused as to where I wanted to go. And I knew um, there's a lot that I don't know. <laughs> when, it, yeah. when it comes to the world of therapy and that's something obviously I'm very honest with her about I'm like what what should I be working on like what else especially mm -hmm. now that we've been working with each other for three years um, okay. you know I felt like at some point I was going to get to you know an area where it's like I don't know what else to talk about but as it turns mm -hmm. out we're like a very <laughs> big onion the second uh -huh. you peel the layer oh there's another there's layer something underneath yeah I didn't know there was this here too <laughs> who left this garbage here how long this thing has been here exactly. so <laughs> so you start working you're like wow I could do yeah. this forever mm -hmm. and it's, it's also a good reminder for me to kind of check in with the self yeah um because I I I typically work with her on average on a monthly basis. And sometimes, okay. you know, if we're not intentional with things, it slips and slides. You don't realize it. But every month it gives mm -hmm. me a little reminder, like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to meet with her. Let me let me get myself together. Let me think about what we want to talk about. Or yeah. maybe we'll have a plan or something that we're working on. It's like, well, let me get it. Because she's going to ask me if I did this and that. Mm -hmm. let, me, let me get back on track. Yeah. So it keeps me going. It keeps me intentional with just how I'm living my life. Uh -huh. And it keeps me aware of how I'm showing up. And I think this is so important to live a very healthy, peaceful life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I love how you broke down how you were intentional about finding a right therapist for you. Because yeah. um, I think that for a lot of people, that's the difficulty, mm -hmm. um, you know, just feeling like they can relate to somebody who knows what it is that they're going through. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, the cultural part is huge. Indeed. Like <laughs> in the Haitian community, the Caribbean community, our culture is like within our blood. We're special. <laughs> <laughs> we are special. And if you don't understand that nuance, then there is a component of therapy that is like blocked off. Um, yeah. If that person I, I mean, can't really go there. Be, absolutely. And I think it'll still be very helpful, um, depending sure. on whatever you need to talk about. But I think just having that underlying understanding makes it easier mm -hmm. to talk about certain things. And I think right. it's also very important, like you mentioned, to be paired with the right therapist. And I use this very loosely because I think a lot of therapists can be the right therapist. Mm -hmm. um, but I think what a lot of us do when it's like a process, okay, maybe I feel like I want a therapist, which is already a big step for us to think that yeah, way, to even absolutely. make that first leap, like, okay, I'm going to talk to one person. But then what we mm -hmm. do, I think a lot of the time is we'll have the first sessions, like, oh, this person, I tried it, it didn't work for me. And people say that yeah. all the time to me. Oh, I've tried it, it didn't work for me. And I'm like, that's fair. You know, that, that, that definitely can be your experience, but we don't try food once and be like, or you don't go to a restaurant, but like, you know, I tried food. It didn't mm -hmm. work for me. No, you just going to go to another <laughs> restaurant because you didn't like right, this right. restaurant. Exactly. So I think yeah. I always use that ex example to let people know, like, it's not a, I tried it once thing. It's a process. Mm -hmm. It's a lifelong journey. It's, it's mm -hmm. turning your life into a like in a different direction, going uh, in a different way. And you have to be consistent and intentional with it. It's not this thing that you dip your toe into it and like see what happens behind the door. But like, no, 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 mm. I tried it, didn't <laughs> work for me. No, and exactly. it's supposed to be difficult. It's supposed to be, especially when you yeah. go back into childhood or traumas mm -hmm. or all the things that we don't realize is actually controlling how we are acting today. Like exactly. a lot of the way that we act today is you know, based from our childhood experiences that shaped who we are, first of all, um, mm -hmm. or any type of traumatic experience that happened all along your, your life. I don't mm -hmm. think you realize going back, oh, it's not easy. So if you tried once, you're like, yeah. oh, it's difficult. I felt some kind of way. Well, that's how it's supposed to feel. Exactly. You are going to feel yeah. terrible. It's going to be uncomfortable. Uncomfortable, mm -hmm. of course. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you made some great points because I think that's what holds a lot of people back, especially if you already have that, 
mentality that we've been given that you don't talk about things and yeah. you know you only go to therapists if you're crazy mm-hmm. if you go to one session and it doesn't feel right it almost confirms what you have already been told yeah. that you shouldn't be doing this mm-hmm. but like you said it is uncomfortable it's not something that and I tell my clients this too there's no like end goal like after x amount of sessions you'll be healed like yeah. no I wish I could do that, but no, I'm not a healer. I'm helping you on a journey to heal. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a journey. Yeah. And I think you don't even realize the progress sometimes until you get thrown in a situation Mm -hmm. where you would have acted a certain way. And then you have this moment where you pause. Maybe you still act, you know, mm-hmm. the toxic way, but you can, <laughs> it's, a, it's not something you don't flip a switch and suddenly you change your brand yeah. new person. You'll be thrown in that situation where you would have snapped instantly, for example, and then you pause and you're like, wow, let me think about this. Yeah. Do I act this way or do I? Yeah. Being able myself. to slow down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me slow down, remove myself from the situation and really take a look like a bird's eye view at the situation and then choose how you act and that's when you're mm-hmm. like wow i've made some progress i can't wait to tell my therapist <laughs> <laughs> yes yes i love that because yeah that is the true progress it's not from like oh i used to fight people to i just crossed my arms it's like mm-hmm. being able to slow down and say oh like i can actually make a choice in this process and it doesn't have to be like this impulse decision Like that's, that's how you work in therapy. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Like you're, you're telling the people um, what therapy is about because people don't understand. (laughs) No, they really, and I think, well, perhaps, you know, I I like to give people grace because if you're Mm -hmm. already mentally blocked about whatever the thing is, it's not allowing Mm -hmm. you to give it your all. That's one. And two, I think, you know, social media has hyped up therapy to a certain way as well, where it's like, oh, I'm in mm-hmm. therapy now. I've changed. The person uh-huh. started last week, you know? Uh, it's like, hmm, yeah. <laughs> let me let me <sighs> see how you act in certain situations first, you know? And I think people have that misconception that, it, like you said, three mm-hmm. sessions, five sessions is going to heal me or fix me or whatever. Mm-hmm. And not understand that human behavior is is, is ingrained in us. So it's yeah. like you're unlearning so many different things and so many different teachings from your past and childhood. That's, you know, those habits, been they've been there. They're strong. And for you to unlearn that and start placing the stones to this new house that you're building, oh my mm-hmm, God, it's a yeah. journey. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. So yeah, I mean, going back to, uh, you know, like you said, not given the tools as a child on how to manage your own emotions and being able to talk about things. Um, now that you've gone through therapy um, and now that you're a recent mom, um, what for you do you feel like you're going to be able to teach your child on how to deal with their feelings? Uh, I mean, there's so many things. First of all, just the fact that feelings are normal. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. start with that. Yeah. Um, just, well, wow, I, there's so many. Um, <laughs> definitely want to teach her the the power of self-awareness, being able to understand mm-hmm. how you are acting and how that's affecting the situations that you may be complaining about. Um, yeah. What you're saying and how that's affecting the people in your life. And I think, for example, with therapy, a lot of people are like, well, I'm not going to be a doormat. And it's like, it's not about being a doormat. Like I can be very assertive. I can express myself in a lot of situations, especially uncomfortable ones without Mm -hmm. yelling at someone, without Mm -hmm. cussing them out. Like I'm going to kill you with kindness, if anything, but I'm not going to let you Mm -hmm. walk all over me. Like that's also not a good thing. So self-awareness, boundaries, um, being able to understand when she is feeling, when my baby's a daughter. Um, mm-hmm. feeling emotional, what's triggering her. I really want to pour mm. everything that I am learning in therapy into her because that's not something that I grew yeah. up learning. And, you know, when I talk about, you know, especially the parenting and things that we grew up not knowing, people are always like, your parents did their best. And of course, my parents yeah. did their very best. And I thank mm-hmm. them, I give them their flowers. There's a lot of things that they just weren't aware mm-hmm. and didn't know that it was important to slow down and 
give us say an extra hug for example because they were just so yeah. you know busy focusing on our survival it was a different yeah. time i grew up in haiti it was a different time i can tell you that much what we focus on mm-hmm, here because mm-hmm. we're comfortable it's not yeah. the same thing that you know people in haiti especially i don't know 10 20 years ago focused on right so definitely give them their flowers and there's a lot of things that they weren't aware of, but those tools are available now right know? and this is where i'm like i'm gonna learn everything that i can learn so that I can pass that off to my baby so that she can eventually take that, improve mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. it, and keep it going. That's my biggest, yeah. I would say, um, what would I say? Not joy. Well, I guess the biggest joy of parenting is seeing yeah. what my baby will do will do with my teachings. Take it, improve on mm-hmm. it, make it better for the bloodline. Wow. Just like I'm <laughs> what my yeah. parents have done, I added you know, the emotional aspect to it and pass mm-hmm. it on off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can't imagine like the little moments that you're like seeing things uh, click for her or, you know, being able to teach her something and um, see it coming to fruition probably years from now, like how that's going to bring so much joy. Yeah, and I, I also think being a parent now, it's making me even more aware of how it's easy to pass on say, the way our parents acted with us. And again, yeah. you know, we're giving them the flowers. We don't need mm-hmm, to have mm-hmm. a million disclaimers. But something that happened the other day, for example, I was with my baby and, you know, she's very, she's such a joyful baby. She's happy. She just Aww. radiate joy. And I love that. Oh, like, I love God, that. Do we all start out that way? <laughs> but mm. in any case, um, I was taking a picture of her and it was like a weird angle. Mm-hmm. And I said something. I was like, oh, my God, this this angle is making you look chunky or something. And mm-hmm. she's not a chunky baby. She's, if anything, on the smaller size, I guess, considering the charts and all. And mm-hmm. then it hit me. I was like, why did I say that? Like, I have to mm-hmm. be mindful with what I say. Because when my mom yeah. puts something out, say, to my, like, I gave birth 10 months ago. And she'll be the one that's like, oh, look at your stomach. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, yes, I gave birth 10 months ago, <laughs> right. brother. Like, like why, what do you, why do you say that? Exactly. Yeah, and she'll always yeah. say, oh, I don't mean nothing by it. But still, I'm like, oh, well, you yeah. still have to be aware of what you say, mom, and how yeah. that affects other people. And here mm-hmm. I am doing it with her. And of course, uh-huh. I don't mean anything bad by it. But I'm like, okay, Jen, you really have to be even yeah. more aware of what you say. And things that, you know, we were told when we were growing up. It's like, it's normal, mm-hmm. it's fine. But we don't realize the consequences of that till later on. So it's the same thing with her. I'm I'm learning that I have to be even more mindful of how I act and what I say. Cause she's like studying every mm-hmm. single move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. No, ba- babies are sponges. They <laughs> pick up on everything. Um, and you, yeah, you gave a good example of um, something I've talked about in a recent episode of just uh, the criticalness that <laughs> Haitian parents and kind of, <laughs> Caribbean parents can have, but there's something about the way Haitian moms will just pick at the littlest thing. And you're just like, well, why did you have to say that? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what was the reason for that? You're minding your business. You're not even yeah. looking at, you did your hair, your makeup, you're feeling yourself. I'm you feel good. great. Why did you and do that then... with your hair? Why the, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Thank yeah, you. thank you. That I really needed that in this very moment. It's not like it's, I asked you for this, right? Um, but yeah, I, I like you said, like now it's easily, um, it could be easy for you to do the same thing to your daughter, not because you want to, but because it's been ingrained in what you know and what parents model to us. Unfortunately, like we can't control it for the most part becomes how we show up unless we actually take the time to, like you said, in therapy, unlearn a lot of what we realize isn't good, is toxic or, you know, can create insecurities. Like it takes work to undo things that we think are, um, I think for some, you know, uh, children of immigrants, it's like normal things, but really it can be intergenerational trauma. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. And it's actually very difficult to go against the how you were raised. Mm-hmm. I think I think there's, I don't, I don't know, on a psychological level or something, we're mm-hmm. hardwired to kind of continue to do things that's normalized, things that's yeah. that we've always done. 
Absolutely, um, yeah. And then when you get in a situation where like I'm trying to do something differently, like same mm-hmm. with my baby, I'm trying to parent differently. And yeah. so now I have to like learn the parenting skills that mm-hmm. I want to apply and then apply it in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) The work, the work. Yeah. I mean, uh, like I've talked about being a cycle breaker um, and doing it. And I don't have any children, but just being a cycle breaker on my own, right? Without having children, but having to go against the grain, right? Go against what my parents think I should do, the way I should live or dress or look or whatever is so hard. As a grown adult in my 30s, I'm still like, what is my what is my mom gonna say? What is my yeah. my dad gonna say about this or that? Like, and I can't imagine how there's an extra level of difficulty when you're trying to do it with a child. Yeah, no, I'm so glad I started this work years ago and mm-hmm. started this personal development path, this self awareness path. Um, you know, before I became a mom because now I'm mm-hmm. very oh at the very least I'm aware you know yeah. like you know my comment the other day at the very least I'm like oh Jenny <laughs> said that you know it's mm-hmm. sitting with me like yeah. days later I'm still thinking about it. it's like what why did you do yeah, that yeah. at mm-hmm. the very least I'm aware and and you know I'm gonna take that awareness with me I mean if she was older I feel like maybe I, I should still apologize. You know, it's going to get stored somewhere in the back of your brain. <laughs> yeah. But that's another thing, right? Like saying, for example, the act of apologizing to your child. Oh, mm. I can tell you it's not something that our parents are no, very we, fluent mm, in. Mm, mm, mm. No. <laughs> so it's like, well, you know what? I didn't have to say that. So I'm going to show up differently and do the... And Mama as well do uncomfortable work now when she's like 10 mm-hmm. months and doesn't even understand. So and I can get yeah. the repetitions in. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm going to need right. it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, none of us are perfect. Uh, With therapy, you learn a lot, you grow a lot, but you'll still make mistakes. But like you said, that self-awareness is what's important. You know, being able to see that, hey, I could have done something differently and giving yourself the opportunity to try it differently the next time. Absolutely. And therapy, I'm glad you brought that up. Therapy is not perfection. Like, Mm -hmm. not at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious... um, Talking about moms, Haitian moms, what did your mom think when you said, I'm going to be doing some content? Or I don't know if you told her or how she found out, but (laughs) being being how they always have something to say, (laughs) what was her reaction? (laughs) Um, So I didn't tell them for... I didn't tell her for years. I think I was like maybe four years into creating content. Wow. When... I think somehow my mom found out and I think one of her friends sent her like the video mm. or video or something. And she was like, okay. Jen? <laughs> so then I was like, yeah, yes, mom. I, I create content with videos, videos online. Of course she wasn't about it. She thought it was a terrible mm-hmm. idea. Why mm-hmm. am I putting my life out there? And you know, right. um, Haitians can be pretty superstitious i guess where it's like mm-hmm. welcoming eyes into your space and like all the things yeah like, all that stuff yeah la, la, la. Like, it's only been four <laughs> years the eyes have been in my space i'm so right. here, so it's fine it's fine mm-hmm. right so We're gonna be okay. we just it was like this sore conversation for for a while where I'm like, I'm just not gonna, we're not gonna talk about it. I'm not gonna mention it. And I've, I've been already doing it for four years. So it's not mm-hmm. like, you know, <laughs> I needed her opinion. But <laughs> right. <laughs> so we just didn't really talk about it for, for a really long time. And it took, I want to say maybe nine, eight years in when I started making some money. And ah. she was like, okay, well, that's interesting. How does mm-hmm. that work? Because, you know, Haitian with money, then it's like... Right. Yeah, now it's legit. <laughs> now, maybe you're not wasting your time. And, and then so it was like a little conversation there. And then fast forward to the to the pandemic. And that's when I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I was taking my career seriously. Because it took me a while to, to wrap my mind around this content creation thing. Because when I mm-hmm. grew up, the, the messaging was you go to school, you get your degree, maybe stack up your degrees if you need to, and then you work your way up the ladder. There was no other path. So me doing something different was just unheard of, first of all. It's like, why are you wasting your time? Because, I mean, I was already in university. I was well on my way to becoming a doctor. 
So wow, that was the path. So then when the pandemic hit, I was like, okay, you know what? I really enjoy what I'm doing. And I think I can be even more impactful if I gave it my all. So I started shifting mm. my focus. And even then my mom was like, I don't think you should be doing that. You should keep, you know, working your way up the ladder. Your career's already going well. Why would you take a, a sh-? and it was like that fear that she was almost, I don't think she realized it, but I was already yeah. uncertain of that career path. Mm-hmm, and every time mm-hmm. she would kind of bring in the fear, like, what if it doesn't work? You should keep your nine to five. That's a little bit more secure. It made me more uncomfortable for me. But I was like, mom, I'm right. actually making more creating content than my nine to five. Then the conversation started. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, yeah. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not so bad. I can, and you have the flexibility that I, so then she was a little bit more open to it, but she was still very much keep your nine to five. You never know. Keep your nine to five. Mm -hmm. And I kept the nine to five for a really long time, but it was, uh, you know, it comes a time where you got to make a decision. And I feel like I had to make a, a decision. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So you went into full time content creation during the pandemic? No, I did the year after. So 2021. Okay. Okay. Wow. It still took a wow. so it still took a while. I was like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Should I? Should I not? <laughs> yeah, but you're here now, and you can I'm prove to your now. mom, I'm making some money. I'm doing all right. You could chill out. <laughs> We're chilling, mom. It's fine. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Wow, that's amazing. So it's been uh, like three years now that you've been full time content creator. Oh uh, yeah, just about almost three. I guess two yeah. years. And, okay. Uh, and this is going to be my third year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. Wow. So how does it feel to be doing this full time now? And how do you see it involve, evolving now that you have the time to really focus on this completely? Um. Well, I love it, first of all. I've always mm-hmm. loved it. That's the thing. I've always had this creative side to me that yeah. I felt just wasn't cultivated, even as a child. Mm-hmm. I... um. I would listen to music and like imagine things or I used to like this one thing I used to do a lot is draw a lot of fashion outfits and like mm-hmm. put looks together. Um, but there's always this creative thing that's like, oh yeah, you're doing this for fun, but you know, the goal is to be a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to fight that for a long time, like myself, because I was doing something that was against what was expected of me. Um, so I definitely enjoy it. I love it. And now that I feel like I'm definitely more focused in terms of, Hey, this is your thing, Jen, just, just go all in, like, see, I'd barely see what happens. Cause then otherwise Mm -hmm. you're going to be living with regrets. And I felt like I started to live with regrets because I started a long time ago. I started in 2011. So fast forward to say 2020, I'm like, damn, why didn't I take it seriously in 2014? Why didn't I mm-hmm. take it seriously in 2015? Like every year, yeah. you're like, well, this is going to be the year. And people are asking now, like, should I get started today? Well, it's like every year, that's the question that everyone asks. <laughs> yes, right. get uh-huh. started. Exactly, yeah. So, so once I give myself permission, and I think that's what it was, like mm. really, sh- um, I don't know, shave everyone's expectation of what I was supposed to do and really gave myself permission to step into this. That's mm-hmm. when I feel that obviously I'm growing, I have more clarity and I'm excited about what I'm doing. So next steps. Um, well, I love the fact that I'm impacting my community with my platforms right now. And I love the fact that, you know, I'm connecting with people that I never would have connected with otherwise. I mean, look at this podcast right now, right? Like yeah. if I didn't have an online platform, we would have never met. Exactly. So I I love that aspect of it. But the where I want to pivot a little bit or at least add to what I'm doing is to go into the education space a little bit. Um, okay. like said, there's a lot of influencers that are like, is it too late? How do I get started? What do I do? What do I focus on? And I feel like there's a lot of misinformation out there as well as good information and i remember when Mm -hmm. i first started it was very difficult to first of all know where i could take this and also Mm -hmm. what i should be working on and since i've been in the game for such a long time and i've learned so much and i feel like i've also made all of the mistakes um, i want to come out with resources and education for new creators new influencers to kickstart their journey and really have a roadmap a path to follow so that they're not making all the mistakes that I've made. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be my focus this year. This is what I'm getting off the ground. And uh, wow. so I'm going to start new platforms, new 
YouTube channel, new everything around that brand. And the brand is called ah. The Focused Creator. Because, you know, so ah. you can focus on what matters the most. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. I love <laughs> I it already. <laughs> so that's going to be my new focus this year, just to kind of teach people to do what I do as I do what I do. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's amazing. Like you have uh, learned so much on on the way and now you're ready to pour into other people to help them start their platforms. And I'm sure that there's so many people, like you said, right now who are not sure what to do and may think it's too late. Because I think that like, you know, like 2010, 2011 was when YouTube was really starting to pop and everybody, you know, got their cameras and you, you know, have OGs like you who are here now. Um, but, you know, through that time, I feel like there's also been a shift, um, especially with the pandemic of more people grabbing their cameras again and yeah. doing things. You know, even for me starting this podcast, it's only been like a year now. But, um, yeah, it's just like. I think there's there's so much more opportunity than people realize in this time if you really just allow yourself to just be out there you know like not be afraid and not be held back you can impact the community that you may not even know needs you absolutely i i think right now is the best time the best time was yesterday Mm. but the second best time is today you might as well get Uh started uh now you might as well especially if you have a message to share because i think a lot of people run into this for the wrong reasons they're Mm. they're like i'm gonna I don't know, be a millionaire. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, reality check. <laughs> it may not happen right, right away. Uh-huh. But I think once you are getting into this with the mindset of serving, serving other people, pouring into mm. other people, helping others, adding value to the community, especially our community, I feel like if yeah. we can help each other and mm-hmm. the best way to you know reach a lot of people is through social media. So if you can yeah. utilize your platforms to share positive messages I think it's the best uh, best time to start is now absolutely yeah yeah I'm glad that you're giving people out there the encouragement to get started on what they want to do yeah. two things out of this podcast get <laughs> therapy uh-huh. and then start your content creation business there you go yeah those are the two takeaways I would say for sure <laughs> Um, So I want to ask you, how do you feel like outside of therapy, um, how do you feel like you're really nourishing your mental health right now? Like, what are you doing on a day to day practical sense that you feel like is really helping nourish your mental health? So for me, I'm really big on taking a moment to check in with Jen. And well, there's a couple of ways that I do it. But personally, Mm -hmm. I think physical health is also directly impacts our mental health. Right. So I'm very big on taking care of my body through working out, yoga, nutrition, really big on those because if you're feeling poor in your own skin, I feel like it affects your mental health as well. So mm-hmm. I take care of myself physically. Um, when I have the time, you know, I do have a 10-month-old, I will mm-hmm. make sure I take, even if it's five minutes of just sitting, meditation, sitting with myself, yeah. Taking this moment to breathe, especially throughout the day, you know, like you don't realize how you're just going from one thing to the next and you don't take a moment for you. You're pouring into everybody else and then mm-hmm. you're the last one if you have time at the end of the night. And I feel like it should be the opposite. You need to take care of you right. so you can pour into other people. So I definitely am big on yoga, meditation, just like taking a breather. Mm-hmm. Um, therapy obviously is a, is a really big thing for me for my mental health and just listening to my body listening to how i'm feeling like if i'm feeling starting to feel overwhelmed which once you start paying attention you see the signs you're a little more irritable Mm -hmm. you feel like you can't breathe your your heart is beating a little too fast and Mm -hmm. it's like 8 a.m nothing happened (laughs) right right. but it felt like you had coffee like you didn't you didn't even drink nothing yeah, yeah. So when you start paying attention to the signs, you're like, okay, I need to take a moment. And I know my little rotation. I'm very big on beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I like people to do things for me. So I'll get like a facial, yeah. I'll get a massage, I'll mm-hmm. disconnect, I'll, you know, put my phone in a different room, especially with the phone, because, you know, the world just keeps growing. <laughs> There's always you. something. Yeah. There's always something. So 
staying away from the phone, like things like that that I will do depending on how I'm feeling and what I feel like I need in mm-hmm. the moment. Okay. Awesome. Those are great tips. I mean, uh, those are all things that I tell my clients and just in day-to-day life, like you don't realize how much, um, you know, is going on around you until you kind of slow down. Um, and that can just be, like you said, some deep breaths, some meditation, um, putting that phone away. Um, I journal as well. That's a big thing for me. Oh yeah. Just like a simple gratitude journal. Like Mm -hmm. you'd be surprised of how that impacts your entire life. Cause a lot of us, we have tunnel vision. Everything's wrong. Yeah. It was a terrible day. Nothing worked out. But if you tell someone, well, okay, nothing worked out, but how about you give me three positive things that day? Mm -hmm. And you'd be surprised at how many good things actually happened that day that you just didn't focus on. Exactly. I remember when I first started um, writing in a gratitude journal, it had like pre-filled prompts. So three Mm -hmm. things you're grateful for today when you wake up and then three things that good things that happened that day before you go to bed. And I remember yeah. when I first started feeling like, I can't even come up with three things. What am I grateful for? <laughs> like, mm. like what's going on? And am I really not grateful for anything in my life? So once you start right. forcing yourself to find three things, it just keeps flowing. Then I'm writing like seven things, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. my cat from 2003. <laughs> <laughs> All the things. Yeah. All the things. It starts flowing. So when you focus on something, that's what flows. So yeah, that's another yeah. way that I make sure to check in and like stay grounded mm-hmm. um, on a day to day. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned the gratitude journal because, yeah, I don't think people realize that gratitude actually combats depression. Mm-hmm. When you're able to refocus and realize what it is that you have that is just like something that means something to you, like that has an impact in your everyday life there really is not that much of an opportunity for you to focus on all the terrible things yeah. that are happening. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a, a simple, simple practice. Yeah. It's such a simple practice. Simple mind shift. Yeah. 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 So yeah, those are the, the, the things that um, I think people need to be more aware of. So I'm just so glad that you came and shared your story. Um, I, I, I really want to, uh, just let more people know, especially people from our community, from our background, know how um, you don't have to be stuck in what you have been told is the right way, whether it's not going to therapy or whether it's holding in your feelings. Um, you can create a path that looks like what it is for you and you could still be part of the culture like oh, yeah, your absolutely. patient card isn't removed because you no, go to therapy I listen girl <laughs> i i will be the first one in line if there's grio banan pese pickles girl step aside okay you already right know <laughs> yeah, like absolutely all the haitian food all day um, all day like yeah i'll be the first one but i think it's it's powerful to show at least with my story I always talk about it and I always tell people because you know that you see other people and you're like how is so and so always so happy mm-hmm. and like you look at their lives you're like well, there's nothing going on here like why are they still so positive or I'm yeah. sure some, we know someone like that in our lives and I think it's all about the mental right right how we view things and and if you're out here you're struggling and you're feeling like you know what I just I don't know what to do then really consider, you know, writing down your goals, what you want to get out of therapy and really find someone that clicks with you, especially from a cultural level. I think that's, uh, I like to emphasize because that's what worked for me because I've seen, you know, multiple therapists before and it Mm -hmm. didn't feel like, like I said, I've learned everyone that every single person that I've seen. You learned something. something, Mm -hmm. had an impact. I've learned something, but um, the long-term work came from having someone that I didn't have to explain the the culture to. So really find right. someone that connects with you mm-hmm. um, and find, and see how your, your life will change. It really does change lives. Yeah. Yeah. She said it y'all. I, I know I say it, but she said it. Somebody, you know, in our community who's been doing the work, she said it. So I think that's, that's what people need to hear. 
but um yeah uh tell the people um i know that you said you're working on a new channel to help other content creators um are there is there anything else that you're working on that you want to share um and tell people where to find you um i feel like i'm always working on something but the main thing right now <laughs> is the focus creator. Um, all the mm -hmm. social media handles is just that the focused creator. Um, same mm -hmm. with YouTube and in my current channel, which is the Jen Jackson, um, where we know more okay. behind the scenes, where I talk about more lifestyle, more it's a lot of hair conversation. But hair is so deeply rooted in our culture and how we grew up. There's so many different mm -hmm. ways you can talk about hair. So right. there's that as well. But it's all about taking care of yourself. I, mm -hmm. I am a big advocate of, of taking care of ourselves on a holistic level, especially us black women in general. You know, mm -hmm. we carry so much of everything on our back. And yeah. at the end of the day, no one, there isn't an award for the mm -hmm. women that suffered the most. I can tell you, I've no. seen it with my mother. <laughs> she has no awards right now. None, and she did nothing. it all. <laughs> so just keep yeah. that in mind when you feel like you want to do everything around the house for right. everybody else. And meanwhile, mm -hmm. your cup is not only empty, but there's a hole at the bottom of your cup. If you have a hole at the bottom of your cup, <laughs> we need to talk. We need to patch that yeah. up real quickly yeah. so that you can pour into yourself. So right. that's basically what my current channels are about. It's about, you know, taking care of yourself from the inside out. And then my okay. new um, ventures, which is the Focus Creator, where I'm going to teach people how to do what I do so that's why you can find me on the internet and yeah that's about it for me awesome awesome well thank you so so much again for being here just sharing and being vulnerable um telling people again like how much therapy has changed things for you what you're learning what you're constantly pouring into other people and i just want to say that you're doing a lot for the community so you're appreciated thank you. thank you absolutely so i will drop all her information in the description bar and on um the podcast page so you all can follow her and make sure you support her content um and we will see you all in the next video in the next uh episode uh and we will stay connected so yeah thank you so much jen thank you for having me if you found today's episode valuable or this podcast as a whole i invite you to leave a five-star review and also leave a comment letting others know what you gain from this episode this allows for our podcast to gain more visibility and for it to reach the people that want to hear this information. Also, we invite you to engage in the comments on the YouTube page, Surviving Second Gen Podcast, so we can continue this rich conversation that we're having today.